Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest, March 2022. Joe Withy and Vince Brune. Podcast audio version as well as video that you might be watching right now. Thanks for joining us. And we have some great news in Western Washington. Thoroughbred Racing, Emerald Downs. Vince, it's going to be announced officially tomorrow morning, but this is the first public notification of another 10% purse increase for Emerald Downs Racing this year. Fantastic. Music to the ears of horsemen everywhere. Uh, 10%. Now, that's in addition to the 10% we announced at the end of 2021. So, mm-hmm. in essence, 20% yeah. purse increase to start 2022, which, you know, uh, let's face it, that's Horsemen need that, owners, everybody involved with the sport. So that is a great uh, momentum starter for our 2022 season. Yeah, I mean, purse increases are uh, fantastic news, and uh, we have some more. So, yeah, again, 20% over the end of last season. And right. actually, in 2021, we had a 10% purse increase from the previous year. So we're working that good direction, yes. and uh, horsemen have got to be happy about all of that. So that is... Uh, a great starting point for our Horse Racing Northwest podcast here in March, in March, early March of 2022. Almost mid-March. Yeah. <laughs> so a uh, couple of guests today, we've got John Parker and Eric Floyd. John Parker, mm-hmm. pretty well known in these parts, Vince. Yeah, John Parker. Well, I guess I could say it now is last year, John won his fourth Emerald Downs owner's title. Yeah. And he's also, uh, since 2015, four titles, two runner-up finishes. Um, won the Long Acres Mile with Gold Rush Dancer. We'll be, of course, talking with John about that. I think he's up to fifth all-time now with 150 wins at Emerald Downs. And John, a real, what's the word, Joe? Affable uh, yeah. man. Oh, uh, Everyone likes to see John coming at the love, racetrack. Love to see John coming around the corner and uh, smile on his face, optimistic. Always has a, a giggle and uh, loves to be 
gregarious and generous. And uh, John will be joining us. Eric Floyd as well. Eric uh, sold his first book up here at Emerald Downs a little over 10 years ago. It was uh, my first decade in thoroughbred racing. And since then, he has written another book, Heaven's uh, Premier Horse Race. Mm -hmm. He's part owner of a horse now. And he also lives in the Tampa area. And Tampa has the Tampa Bay Derby this coming Saturday. So he'll give us some insight there as well. Plenty of other notes as well before we get to John Parker. Uh, in uh, WTBOA Banquet is coming up a week from this Saturday. It'll be March 19th for the WTBOA Banquet. It'll be back on the fourth floor at Emerald Downs. If you'd like to get tickets, you can purchase them uh, through the WTBOA uh, $55 a piece, and uh, at the door, they'll be $75. So if you get them in advance, it's $55. The banquet date, Washington champions named and crowned uh, March 19th. Vince and myself will be involved in that. Always a great evening. It and is a fun evening, and you know what? I watched some of the Eclipse Awards this year. I think our night is almost as fun as theirs, even though theirs is the whole national thing. It's I... really a fun night. You've been to the Eclipse Awards. Yes, I, I have, have not. Okay, so what well, I have fun at our deal, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, uh, and some horses in this week. A lot of horses to follow at Emerald Downs Friday at Turf Paradise. Lots of stakes action, and uh, um, Daffodil Sweet is mm -hmm. in an overnight stake down there. Coming off a nice win for uh, Jody Peets. Uh, is it Niccolo Triani now the trainer? Yep. And I think we talked to Jody that. She plans to bring uh, Daffodil Sweet up here uh, for our meet this year. Yeah, and uh, they, they got a whole, what is it, six stakes on that car, the Phoenix Gold Cup, uh, and then our good friend uh, John, Lindley. John Lindley has Majestic Eagle going for back-to-back -back wins. In the, Majestic Eagle won the Kluwer Memorial at seven and a half furlongs on the grass. He is in uh, the stake on Saturday, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, Friday. Yeah. We're... Uh, Broadcasting this on Friday, big secret out. And Majestic Eagle, 7-2 to two morning line. You know, the way he won last, he's in the Fitzsimmons. Fitzsimmons, Cotton, Cotton Fitzsimmons at 100,000. The way he won last time, you know, he looked like a push-button horse down there. I kind of like him right back. Oh, yeah. 7-2, to two, as we mentioned. Uh, background, hero of last summer's Long Acres Mile, is going to make his second start of 2022. He's going a mile of a 16th at Oaklawn Park on Sunday for mm -hmm. the Rondos and trainer Mike Puich, Rocco Bowen. He'll and be a price, and he's we were talking, he's won at a price down there before. He has three route wins at Oaklawn Park, and he is 12 to 1 on the morning line, background Sunday. And also on Friday, as you mentioned, the Phoenix Gold Cup law-abiding citizen is and in bet. there. Yeah. And he's 3 to 1 on the morning line, so he looks to fit very nicely there on the dirt in Phoenix That'd from be Mark Clatt. Fun card. I noticed another horse we've kind of followed here on uh, Horse Racing Northwest, Harbored Memories. Is he in? He begins his comeback Saturday okay. in uh, race five at Santa Anita, six and a half on turf, not down the hill, but six and a half on turf nevertheless. And I think he's the five to two morning line favorite. Of course, uh, Washington bred by Harbor the Gold out of Frisia, now a four-year-old colt. So he's fired fresh before that horse so he gets a long look in that race a seventy-two thousand dollar allowance both his wins are on grass yeah as he had an outstanding season last year and he's owned by the bar c of the uh christopherson christopherson's in hermiston oregon and along with their partner so yeah i checked him a couple few days ago and i didn't i missed that so that is great news he i know he's had plenty of works so there's a lot of local action in 
inactivity this weekend around the West that we can keep track of. Also, uh, training day is going to begin on April 7th, our first training day show, as we've done that so many years here at Emerald Downs now. So we get out and shoot the morning training. You can catch that mm-hmm. on YouTube. Also linked from emeralddowns.com. And Wind Ribbon, of course, was our first horse on the track when we opened the gates for the first time on Monday, February 28th. Wind Ribbon, yeah. And it was kind of a, well, it was a Seattle winter morning. Yeah. It was a little bit rainy and wet, but Wind Ribbon, yeah, it came out on the track. And our Long Acres Mile runner-up last year, just a very fast horse. You know, he's had fastest time sprinting the last two years at different distances in Emerald Down. So he'll certainly be a fun horse uh, to follow for Blaine Wright and Seamist Racing. Okay, so training day starts. That video starts on April 7th. Uh, Admission books, great deals here. Uh, They are available at emeralddowns.com. You can get uh, everyday admission for $149 for the entire season. $149 gets you into Emerald Downs every day. And as you can uh, do the math, that figures out to actually less than $3 a day. And for seniors, it's only $95. Seniors 60 years of age and up. Great you, deal. You yeah. can get a book for 95 bucks. So those are available at our website. Emerald Downs Racing Club. The Emerald Racing Club is, uh, you're getting some members in. We are. We still got plenty of room if anyone's interested. Yeah, Jeff Metz, we announced our new trainer yeah. and Jeff has begun looking for horses. And we're going to have a... First little get-together with Jeff, I think, a week from Sunday, hopefully, here at Emerald Downs, and he can meet the club members. But if you're interested, uh, go to emeralddowns.com. we got an Emerald Racing Club tab up there across the top. You can call me, 253-288-7723, or email me at vinceb at emeralddowns.com, and I'll get right back to you with any questions you might have on the club. It's $500. It's the only bill you'll see all year. It includes yeah. season passes. We have several field trips, uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. and we'll uh, hopefully have a couple horses ready for action by opening day, May 15th. Yeah, and what a sight that is when an Emerald Racing Club horse wins out on the track. Yeah, we have to do it out on the track. Not enough room in the winter circle. Yeah, and... those are great. And uh, yeah, extra boost in attendance. We did have uh, International Women's Day around, uh, well, must have been the whole uh, planet earth because it's called international women's day and uh we've had some women do some great things you had a uh call them up on the website uh, featuring doris harwood and a picture of doris and yeah uh, we've had some great contributions let's face it and it's not a man's sport oh man no the list of trainers is just amazing you know you sharon ross chris stensley val lund i uh candy kreiderman you mentioned doris harwood k cooper led us in stakes last year k cooper it just goes on and on and you you said it joe the thing is it's it's one of the only sports where the, the women compete against the men you know uh with no handicap yep. and uh jockey wise we've had several you know chelsea zupon won 100 races one year jennifer whitaker of course everyone knows jen she's at uh number nine all time wow for any jockey really? here with That's 514 great. wins 22 stakes wins which is a Terrific number. Of course, the Long Acres Mile on Wasserman in 2008. Debbie Hoonan's like number 11 all time. Uh, Sandy Gann won several stakes here. We've had just the the, the contributions from the women is has, has been uh, just remarkable here at Emerald Downs since the track opened in 1996. Okay. So you can check that out at emeralddowns.com and much more. So we're just getting going here on Horse Racing Northwest. Once again, 
first announced just a few minutes ago, 20% purse increase at Emerald Downs for 2022. Just another 10 added. It'll be announced officially on Friday morning. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more and owner John Parker here on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in a state where such activity is legal, void or prohibited, national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Horse Racing Northwest continues from Emerald Downs. And, of course, that great news of a purse increase. We'll, uh, if you join us right now, which is kind of odd for a podcast. Most people probably already heard that, Vince, don't you think? The news? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It yeah. travels fast. We got, we got some. But, I mean, on this podcast, if you're listening to us right now or watching, you probably already heard the Correct. first segment. Yeah, right. But it's, it's worth rehashing. It is. It's great news. So, the next Kentucky Derby future wager is this week. And, of course, you can do all that wagering right here at Emerald Downs, uh, March 11th through the 13th, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Kentucky Derby Future Wager, pool number four. And the biggest race that could impact that this week is the Tampa Bay Derby, which we'll be talking yeah. to Eric Floyd I got to kind of regroup on my derby trail, Joe. The horse, I kind of like, kind of bombed last time. So you I, know, I, and I, but so did mine. Yeah. But mine's running in the Tampa Derby, so well, we'll great. talk about no, that's that later. Good, yeah. Got another chance to stick with. Hey, some good news. Uh, uh, Barkley, one of the top horses in this track's history. He won 10 of 20 starts. He won the 2018 Long Acres Mile. He had his first foal recently and uh we're going to show you a picture of barclay's jasmine jasmine's melody colt born this week i know jasmine's melody yeah, yeah at el dorado farms nina and ron hagan's place up in enumclaw so barclay out of jasmine's melody nice colt there with mom and Jasmine's Melody, all nine of her wins were at Emerald Down. She was stakes placed here. Her previous five foals to race have all won, including stakes horses, You Go Girl, and Coastal Jazz in recent years. So uh, Barkley putting that nice white face on that foal uh, out of Jasmine's okay, Melody. Uh, I got an incident on you. Barkley, of course, is by who? Munnings. Munnings. So I'm watching Oakland last week, and... Last Friday, they had a maiden special weight in the last race. I had no wager on it. I saw a future stakes winner here. Okay. First call, Life is Hard, a four-year-old by Munnings. He only got an 83 buyer, but he won that mile race, you know, like a rare horse. Okay. I mean, he attended the pace. What track was that? That was at Oakland. Oh, it was a maiden okay. special. It was a second career start. And, uh, boy, he just finished like a wild horse. And I just thought it was a terrifically impressive run. So I cannot wait for that horse to run again. He's a four-year-old Munnings. Life is hard. Life is hard, okay. yeah. Okay. And uh, Howard Belvoir, who, of course, uh, 
was part owner and trained. Barkley has four mares, and he brought all of them to Barkley. And uh, Vicki Potter, his significant other, said, well, you know, we checked out the Knicks, and a couple of them didn't look so good. And Howard says, I don't care, you know. And, and I'm tending to agree with him because of the versatility of Munnings as a sire. Yeah, and the versatility of Barkley as a racehorse yeah. also. He is, you know, I've always thought he's a very interesting sire prospect because he was kind of a different looking horse, as we know. And he had a real c- cool kind of determined running style there where he would just kind of oh, lower boy. that head in the eighth pole and look out, here I come. Yep. So uh, if he, he passes along that heart, he could have something. He won the mile. And also Conveyance, who uh, new to the state last year, had a foal born recently as well at the Paps Blue Ribbon Farm, a filly out of Great Mom. So a a conveyance filly out of Great Mom. Great Mom herself was unraced, but her previous three foals are all winners, including the Great Nation. Is Money in the Stars, is that a Great Mom too? Uh, I don't think so, no. Okay, well, I know she had a couple stakes winners already. The Great Nation certainly won, who won that two-year-old race. That's who I was thinking of. Jack Van Berg That's what I was thinking of, yeah. They were both a big, big price. Jack Van Berg's still running. And it's still running pretty well. 250-some thousand yep. he's made. Okay, so a couple of full reports there. And uh, we're going to take a look at some race video here in uh, anticipation of our phone guest coming right up. And Gold Rush Dancer telling him, you've got to come and catch me if you want to win the mile. Gold Rush Dancer in front by four. Mach 1 Rules trying to get up into second. Dedicated to you at 80 to 1. Has run a good race. But Gold Rush Dancer will get the gold prize of the Long Acres Mile. He's trounced the competition. And Gold Rush Dancer and Evan Roman, very impressive. The 2017 Long Acres Mile went to Gold Rush Dancer, a son of Private Gold, Washington Stallion, California bred by John Parker, who's joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. John, you had a darn good smile going for many hours that particular Sunday at Emerald Downs. <laughs> it was all day. I expected him to run big. Yeah, we saw him come over in the paddock on Friday. Uh, Van Belvoir, your trainer, brought him over, and he looked like, you know, the cliche, a million bucks. And, boy, he ran like it. That was uh, one of the biggest mile victories we've had around here in some time as far as margin. And uh, just a tremendous career. Uh, Just gave you so many thrills. I know Vince uh, saw him win down at Del Mar as a three-year-old when he was named California Three-Year-Old of the Year. Yeah, that day was great. The real good deal stakes. He was a nice uh, 14 to 1 that wow. afternoon at Del Mar. Yeah, that was, uh, he's a good horse. And he showed he can sprint, route, one of those good, uh, mild, versatile type horses. John, you've just been so gregarious, generous. Uh, you've loved the racing. Um, you're happy with the schedule this year being Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday afternoons. Uh, that put a smile on your face, too. Well, it's pretty easy to put a smile on your face, isn't it? Why not? I need it. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, and you have been, uh, Vince, you mentioned some stats of John's at the top of the show. Four-time leading owner, two-time runner-up leading owner. Yeah. And John, I imagine you are going to take another crack at that leading owner title at 2022? I don't know, Vince. I don't know that. Well, uh, I think you'll take a crack at it. You might not win it, but uh, uh, I think you got to be... 
deemed the favorite right now on the morning line for that because of your past performances in that category. Hey, you've got some gold rush dancer juveniles, two-year-olds. They're going to hit the track this year. In fact, uh, your trainer, Candy Tillette, already has some at uh, Emerald Downs. So happy to hear that. Uh, what are the reports so far? Well, everybody who has one that I've uh, come across, always, all of them are saying they got the best one. <laughs> and they're big bone. They're big, big, bloppy horses. Um, we got, I got three at the barn. There's four at the barn, three of my own. Wow. Um, and they love them. So wait and see. It's something you, uh, as a breeder and an owner, you wait and see what they can do coming into the track. Yeah. And, uh, I know one of the horses, a Colt Gold Rush Junior, is out of Among the Stars, a horse that you owned and Candy trained, and uh, she was most improved claimer for the state of Washington a few years back. And her first full mean Sharon is five for eighteen. So uh, good luck with Gold Rush Junior, John. Um, I guess he's the he's the favorite in the barn already. Okay. Yeah. You know. Uh, it's just another in, in John Parker's commitment to racing, uh, breeding horses. It's, yeah, and that's, I've said many times, one of the hardest things to do is to establish the stallion. It's, it takes a lot of time, a lot of money. You got to get brood mares, and you need some luck, too. Um, I, You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Gold Rush Dancer has some success this year. You remember Gold Rush Dancer, he was... Everyone in the backstretch knew he could run as a two-year-old. Um, and he ended up winning the Gottstein Futurity that year. And he was a very precocious uh, type horse. So it doesn't surprise me to hear that uh, some of these horses are looking good in their early training. Yeah. And well, that was the year that uh, Mach 1 Rules and, who was state champion, and uh, Barkley were juveniles that same right. year as Gold Rush Dancer. And Gold Rush Dancer got the Gottstein and, of course, the Mile. Uh Tremendous career. He has the highest average earnings per start in Emerald Downs history of any horse that started here five times or more. So that is a, is, is a lofty position. We're talking with John, and then John uh, John likes gray horses as well. How many grays you got over there in the stable area already? Joe, I'm down. I lost them all over the winter. Realistically, they're about five. Okay. And he <laughs> sent a few. You sent a few horses back east, as you have the last few years. Uh, but you're bringing one back this year that we're going to be excited to see. That real fast horse, Lawan. Oh, he runs second yesterday in a starter allowance back there. Excellent. Uh, yep, I did lose him. Um, I sold half, and then I bought him back, and then um, I did get him claimed by somebody there. But I claimed him back, and yes, he's coming to Seattle. That's great. John Parker, uh, and, you know, we'll be seeing you at the track more. Uh, our schedule the last couple of years made it a little tough for you on the weeknights, but Friday night and weekends, uh, we want to see you uh, roaming around the paddock and uh, glad-handing people and so forth, and, and you're going to meet our new track announcer. John Parker is the favorite over owner of every track announcer we've had. We, you know that, Vince. And They get goodies. <laughs> yeah. John sends up a, a hamburger sandwich pretty mm. frequently up to the, the announcer's booth. Bill Downs is our new guy, as you well know, John. Yeah, I want to meet that guy. Good deal. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to it. No, he's he's well experienced, and uh, he'll pick up right where Tom Harris left off. So, uh, Gold Rush Dancer Babies, uh, you've got 
three of your own. And uh, what about the rest of your stable? Do you have a couple of holdovers from last year? Uh, there's several holdovers. I know you move them in and out. Uh, you claim, you get them claimed, and you're you're sure, certainly not shy to claim a horse here and there. Joe, I've <laughs> I've lost so many over the winter, and then I got rid of some too. But uh, you know, there's Frank's fix that's going to be back. He yeah. ran real okay last year. Yeah, that that's a good name. Um, and uh, let's see, what else might we have? I know story? what I was going to ask him. Yeah. Was, what was John? What was their first ever winner at Emerald Downs? Do you recall a horse? Craig Mountain. Craig Mountain, okay. And who was the Craig, trainer back then? That was uh, uh, that was my first horse at Emerald in 2000. Yeah, yeah, you started well back back then, and you had Loto Canada at your place for several years, and that was a, a nice thing that you did. You brought him down. I think he was 27 when he made his appearance back at Emerald Downs. Um, that is correct. And Len Kazmersky was a little reluctant to bring him back, but uh, since you were in charge, you convinced Len, and, and Kaz trained for you a little bit as well back in uh, some early years, didn't he? He did, and, uh, you know, Lotto passed away at my house at the age of 32. 32, wow. yeah. He was a great horse, uh, as John Ooh, knows. Yeah, for my kids enjoyed him. That's nice, because he was a sensational juvenile, Godstein winner, multiple stakes winner at two, and traveled Jake. the country at three, beat Temperance Hill in a race at Oaklawn before Temperance Hill won the Belmont and the Super Derby, et cetera. That's right, yeah. And ran against some really good three-year-olds in Southern Cal, and uh, third in one of the most famous races in, in Washington State history, the, two th uh, the 1981 Long Acres Mile, won by Trooper 7 with all those shippers. He was third in that race. He was a great horse, and John had him and, and took great care of him there for the last, maybe, what, 10 years of his life? Something like that, John? I am for 11 years. 11 years. Okay. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. John, uh, just uh, easy to root for you. You're a, a happy guy around the track. And, you know, you make suggestions a lot, too, but the way you approach people is really good. Um, you question some things, but... Uh, you know that you know we're all trying pretty hard down here. I like your attitude, John. Good. Well, <laughs> I want to help people on the backside. That's what I want. Yeah. Everybody and, needs a hand. Yeah, and you have uh, done that several times in the past with some nice gatherings and fundraisers as well. So uh, looking forward to defending, owning, titleist John Parker with some sons and daughters of... Uh, his top Emerald Downs horse, Gold Rush Dancer, they'll be two-year-olds at the track this year. So, John, uh, we'll probably see you out here uh, at the quarter shoot fairly soon as they are open as well. And training's going on seven days a week this time of year. You know, we might see John at the banquet. He sometimes Ooh. has a pretty good table there, you know, Joe. He's got it, he's got it again coming up. I know that. Yeah. I'll be there. That's great, John. Uh uh, just, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We'll try and keep up with you, okay? Good job. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks much, you're John. Welcome. John Parker joining us on Horse Racing Northwest, and uh, he's got to be excited about having those Gold Rush Dancer juveniles. Yeah, that's got to be extra special for him. I know he enjoys every horse he owns, but uh, yeah, he'll be like a proud papa watching those things. And uh, I'll be excited too. It's fun, always fun to have new stallions uh, participating when the two-year-olds get rolling. 
Uh, one thing John mentioned, Loto Canada dying at age 32. I saw a gopher gin died yesterday. Uh, I think at age 31 was wow. the was the oldest living Kentucky Derby winner. I believe that makes, I think they said grindstone now okay. in Oregon is the oldest living Kentucky Derby winner. Kind of interesting trivia. 1996 Derby winner, grindstone. Plenty of uh, Emerald Downs runners sired by him as he stood in Oregon for so many years. Okay. Thanks to John for joining us. We'll take a break and we'll come back with more Horse Racing Northwest and our second guest, Eric Floyd. We'll be right back. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest, our third and final segment on this podcast edition. Also, video on YouTube, our first uh, televised version of Horse Racing Northwest. Vince, has that affected your performance at all? I don't think so. I'm trying <laughs> not to think about it too. I don't yeah, really. I mean, I know. because it's it's really we're not doing anything physical, so it's kind of we're just sitting not here much of a change in yeah. our spots. But we are able to show like footage of races or whatever, which is cool for the yeah. Uh, Viewer, exactly. listener, and ever, so it's it's good in that regard. And then the conveyance and Barkley right. yeah. Uh Sad news to report. Unfortunately, Clell Sherwood passed away at age 78. Clell was our jocks room superintendent all the way up through 2016. And then he still worked for us basically over in Yakima at the Caribbean Casino there mm-hmm. as the simulcast manager. He had a really fine career as a jockey as well. Yes, he did. And especially over in, you know, you look at like the old Yakima media guides mm-hmm. or whatever. He was really good over there. Clell was a nice man too. And Jody Parmenter, uh, one of our association clockers, does a photo finisher. He's really close, Clell, on a personal level. I know it's been a little bit rough for her. We've had too many of these the last couple yeah. of years. Uh, but Clell was, a, 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 you know, we use the word again with John Parker. He was affable. He was always fun and always had, a, you know, something nice to say or just good good man. Yeah, he, he contracted uh, cancer, unfortunately. Um, and uh, Larry Pierce said he was called the Sela Shoe in the 60s over there like in Yakima. That. Yeah. What does that mean for... Uh, Sela Shoe. Well, he lived in Sela, and it was a reference to Bill Shoemaker, of course. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, the very C- good. The Sela Shoe. And uh, Clell was also went on that trip uh, with Tom Crawford when they took those horses back to right. Cincinnati yeah. in the mid-60s. Arius was the, the main horse. And actually, you can go to YouTube, type in Emerald Downs Arius and YouTube, A-R-Y-E-S-S, and it's a really good story. Uh, no cheating involved, just a little bit of uh, chicanery. Hunk and, <laughs> no, they just acted like country yeah. bumpkins when they knew they had a good horse that was probably going to win. They didn't want to get him couldn't claimed. do that nowadays. There's too much <laughs> yeah. information readily available. Well, his previous it. start was in the Long Acres Mile, right. the previous August, and here he's in a $1,500 claiming race. And uh, so Clell was the rider of Arius back in Cincinnati, so... Yeah, we'll miss Clell Sherwood a lot. Roy Taylor also passed away at the age of 91. The twin brother, identical twin brother of Troy Taylor, who, of course, Troy and Glenn Todd 
won so many races, including the Long Acres Mile, uh, which was officially trained by Mike Puich. But of course, he spent most of that year up in Canada and Troy passed away a few years ago. Roy was an outstanding horseman. They, oh yeah. Vince well remembers uh, Brief Grief, who uh, even went to the Midwest and went to California. And would she pay over 12, 14 to one at, at Long Acres probably four times as she well. She had an amazing win percentage. And uh, well, it shows you the depth of fields she was competing against too. And yeah, she would pop at $30, $40. Many, many times, and she was a superior uh, mutter, too. She, she even was even better on an off-track. Yeah, she was an awesome horse. And Roy and Troy trained her. Uh, they were different names from different years on the official training uh, sheet there, but they did it together. Roy was a little bit more of a handicapper, maybe would make a wager a little more than Troy would. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was a gallop boy when he was younger as well, but... Uh, yeah, Roy Taylor passed away at 91. The brothers of J.D. Taylor and Hubert Taylor. And Hubert, uh, J.D. was the outrider for some right. 40 years at Long Acres, a great horseman as well. And Hubert was known as one of the top uh, shoers. Uh, mm -hmm. What's that other word? Blacksmith. Farrier. Farriers mm -hmm. in the Northwest history. So a couple of sad notes there. Um on the passings. Hey, the quarter shoot is open Wednesday through Sunday. Quarter shoot cafe with Joe and Sally Steiner back. Of course, what would it be without them? It's open 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Wednesday through Sunday. So not open uh, Mondays and Tuesdays this time of the year, but uh, we'll have some great get togethers there as uh, so many people are anxious to get back at the quarter shoot and Joe and Sally in charge. So, uh, hey, we're going to play a race recently from the state of Florida, and uh, it's going to relate to our next topic. So let's watch some video. It's classic Causeway off the turn in front now by two. Little Vic back in the second spot lugging in. Mr. Rum Runner. It's two more than to Volcanic. Shipsational trying to run on down the crowd of the track. 16th pole. Classic Causeway. Here's Shipsational who bursts out from the pack, but it's classic Causeway. I read Ortiz. Easy as can be in the Sam Davis. Won it by four. The recent Sam Davis at Tampa Bay Downs, that race on February 12th, won very easily and impressively by the 8-5 to five favorite Classic Causeway. He is back this Saturday in the Lamholm South Tampa Bay Derby Grade 2, $400,000 in purse money, Kentucky Derby points for the, the top placers. And uh, we're going to bring on our Tampa buddy. He has been for many years, and he made a nice appearance at Emerald Downs sometime back after he wrote his first book. Welcome, Eric Floyd. Eric, good day to you. Joe and Ben, so happy to be with you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. There's Eric. that familiar voice. Eric, yeah, great to have you on uh, Tampa Bay Derby this weekend. Eric's going to give his outlook there, but... Uh, he uh, is a two-time author now. You wrote that first book, about, uh, first book, Eric, that you sold here at Emerald Downs and uh, did really well selling copies of like your first decade, my first decade in thoroughbred racing. And uh, your second book uh, actually is giving back to the game a little bit, isn't it? 
Yeah, the title of the book I just released in 2019 is called Heaven's Premier Horse Race. And the plot of the book is just simply, it centers around a mile and a quarter race that features thoroughbred horse racing's first 11 Triple Crown champions. So mm. the field is comprised of your roll call of Triple Crown champions from the 20th century. And all the profits from the book are being donated to a farm called Second Chance Farm. They're located at Lowell Correctional Institution in Lowell, Florida. Lowell is the largest woman's prison in the country, and they have a thoroughbred racing aftercare farm that houses around 50 ex-thoroughbred racehorses. And the inmates who qualify for that equine program at Lowell, they help rehabilitate the horses and, in turn, uh, the inmates, they learn some new life skills that can help them gain employment after they're released. And that farm is sponsored by the FTBOA, Florida Thoroughbred Breeders and Owners Association. You can get the book, Amazon.com. Just plug in Heaven's Premier Horse Race, 15 bucks for paperback, 5 bucks if you want to download it on Kindle. That is some really good information right there, Eric. Uh, all that, one thing led to another, and uh, the benefits to the uh, inmates and the benefits to the horses that they're taking care of. Great job on that. And, uh, yeah, a uh, mythical horse race of all the Triple Crown winners that's pretty good stuff, too. So Heaven's Premier Horse Race, get it at Amazon. Eric Floyd, the author, joining us right now on Horse Racing Northwest. And Eric, you're a horse owner yourself now, aren't you? Oh, wow. I just bought into, at the end of last year, he was a yearling at the time. I was a two-year-old in training, but I just bought into a horse out of Sky Mesa, a two-year-old in training, and I bought him through Pocket, races, uh, Pocket Aces Racing Syndicate, and uh, just so excited to be a first-time fractional owner. Uh, they say the horse is doing really good. He's training right now in Paris, Kentucky at Silver Springs Farms. He's just on the other side of a growth spur. He's a big horse. He's a big strapping animal. They said a uh, big horse like that probably uh, aimed toward the turf. 16 and a half, 17 hands they mm. think he'll end up being. But all systems are go. Looks like he's going to make his first start later on in the fall and just, you know, very prayerful that he stays healthy and sound and we have no physical setbacks. That's the only thing I think that can stop him because they're really pleased with his progress so far. He sold for $42,000 at last year's Keeneland uh, fall sale for yearlings and just really happy to have a piece of him. Okay. And he might not run till this fall, though, huh? Yeah, they, they're thinking just because he's so big, he yeah. kind of has to grow okay. into himself a little bit. And so it looks like later on in the fall they're shooting. And he's an Indiana bred, so he might go at Indiana Grand because they have a lot of good purses there for the Indiana bred. We just stole their track announcer. Bill Downs is going to be calling the action here at Emerald Downs for 2022 as Tom Harris, our announcer for many years, uh, he's going to take just a little break to be with his family. He's not necessarily retired, at, but... Uh, Eric, when Eric showed up here to sell uh, the backstretch, my first decade playing the game, Robert Geller was our announcer, and uh, we had a good time getting together. All A bunch of us went out to dinner one night, and I know you know Robert fairly well, don't you, Eric? Uh, you know, I just can't say enough good things about uh, Robert or yourself. You guys had showed me such hospitality up there. I think the world of Robert, I think he's a tremendous caller working up at Woodbine right now does an excellent job up there, and I always tune into Woodbine just to hear his calls. He has just as a magnetic, dy dynamic voice when he calls the races. Speaking of that, we'd be remiss talking about track announcers, not mentioning that Jason Beam, a Northwesterner, is now down your way in uh, Tampa, Eric. 
Yeah, I love him too. I'm, I'm a big listener of his podcast. He actually does a handicapping podcast. I, the name of it is escaping me right now, but I'm sure if you Google Jason Bean handicapping podcast, you can check it out. He's an excellent handicapper, just an overall credit to the sport. Really happy that Tampa got him. I love Tampa Bay Downs. They have a fantastic product down there that just keeps growing and growing every year. Yeah, Richard Grunder was there for, I believe the number is 37 years. And uh, Yeah, another fine horseman, Richard Grunder. I met him a few times. Not to interrupt you, Joe, just another fine horseman, another fine credit to the game. Can't say enough good things about him as well. Both Richard Grunder and Jason Bean called the races yep. at Portland Meadows in one time in their careers. So just to add that, but uh, the late Portland Meadows, that is. So Eric Floyd's joining us. He's a horse owner now. Looking forward to to that horse's progression, the Sky Mesa Colt. He's a double author, and uh, he's also a handicapper. Uh, Eric, I can't remember how we got uh, knowing you in the first place. You were way down there in Tampa. Was it because... Uh, it might have been through Robert, who knew you wrote a book. That might have happened. I don't think Robert had met you, but is that sort of the uh, circular way that we got knowing each other? Yeah, Robert had a radio program slash podcast that I was on, and we kind of instantly connected. And he was like, when I published the first book, he was like, you got to get up here. And I love the Pacific Northwest. I want to get up there again. It's, it's great. You guys have such passionate fans. I mean, absolutely passionate fans when it comes to racing. I know they go crazy for the Long Acres Mile up there every year, and I always tune in to watch that marquee race. So, yeah, great getting to know the fans up in the Pacific Northwest. August 14th for the mile this year. Sunday, August 14th, Long Acres Mile. And, okay, let's talk a little bit about that Tampa Derby, which is which is this Saturday, a big field going a mile and a 16th, again, for $400,000. Classic Causeway is back and uh, he is uh, two for four lifetime, but boy, what a move forward in his first start as a three-year-old. So I see he's eight to five morning line favorite. Uh, tell us a little bit about your thoughts on this race this Saturday, Eric. Well, I think the big story is there's a 100% chance of rain, so that's going to be an unknown for a lot mm. of the horses in here. I mean, a logical place to start is with the morning line favorite, Classic Causeway, won the same at Davis, which is a great three event. It's run at the same distance that the Tampa Bay Derby is run at. Grade three, local prep for the Tampa Bay Derby. Classic Causeway couldn't have looked any more impressive. He was went wire to wire, basically. He was very relaxed. I read Ortiz had him very relaxed. I thought they were tinkering with this horse's running style a little bit. As a two-year-old, his last race as a two-year-old, he sat a stalking trip in the Kentucky Jockey Club at Churchill Downs, ended up second in that race. And the race before that, he attempted to wire the field in the Breeders' Futurity at Keeneland and ended up third that, that day, just faded in the stretch a little bit. I think they've pretty much settled on, hey, we want this horse on the lead. We don't want to take his biggest weapon away from him, which is his natural speed. A couple of quotes I dug up this week. Brian Lynch, the trainer, says, hey, I got two sharp workouts in this horse, and he really likes the track, which is a really big deal because, as you know, Joe, mm. Tampa is kind of a quirky surface. A lot of handicappers – kind of compare it to Belmont. It's a deep, sandy surface, can be tiring, so not all horses like it. I think if there's one, maybe two knocks against this horse, number one, I think I know how the betters bet in Tampa a little bit. I think they're absolutely going to crush this horse at the windows. I think he's going to be a, a really big underlay. I mean, I'm going to say he's going to go off at three to five. That's how much I think this horse is going to get pounded. Okay. And here's an interesting stat. Since 2000, a grand total of two horses have turned the Sam F. Davis Tampa Bay Derby double 
Burning Roma did it in 2001. The most recent, Destin, in 2016. He ended up coming second to Belmont um, that year. But I just think at such low odds and the fact that horses just don't turn this double in the same at Davis and Tampa Bay Derby, I'm going to look elsewhere for a little bit of value. I think, um, you know, Shipsational is a horse. Can I talk about him a little bit, Joe? Because we talked about him a little bit before the same at Davis. Sure. You know, I think this horse is going to get bet. He's 6-1 to one on the morning line, but I think this horse is going to get bet a little more than he normally would because the handicappers are going to check out, hey, this horse is 2-for-2 two two in the slop. He came in a really nice second in the Sam F. Davis. You and me talked about this horse. I told you I liked him underneath a little bit. Lo and behold, he came in second. That was his three-year-old debut. He came in off a three-and-a-half-month layoff. It was the first time trying two tournaments. Uh, closed really nice in the stretch. Lost by three lengths. And this horse was no joke going into that race. As a two-year-old, he showed quality, you know, in his in two non-graded stakes races at Belmont Park. And that day, when he was racing back at Belmont in those two non-graded stakes races, he sat a little bit closer to the pace. And I think that's what they, Manuel Franco is going to want to do on Saturday. I think he's going to be a little bit closer to, to the pace. I think they got a little bit too far behind in the Sam F. Davis. And you're certainly not going to be able to close a lot of ground on Saturday in Tampa if it's a sloppy track. So can you make up three lengths on Classic Causeway? I think he probably needs to step up a little, and Classic Causeway needs to regress. But I think there is a scenario that it could happen. And I think the other major player in here, before I give you my pick, which isn't going to be any of these horses, is Major General, if I can talk about him a little bit. Yeah, you're on a roll. Keep going. Good info. Well, Major General, you know, Let's just start with this. He's trained by Todd Fletcher. And, you know, this, this horse, Major General, he's got all the all-star connections. He's owned by Winstar, and he's trained by Todd Fletcher. You can't overstate Todd Fletcher's dominance in the Tampa Bay Derby, okay? The guy's won the race five times. Um, he's on, this horse is lightly raced. Only two races as a two-year-old. This is going to be his three-year-old debut. He's coming off nearly a six-month layoff, and so fitness is really, you know, going to be a question mark. I did dig up this angle, though. This is a pretty interesting angle. Todd Fletcher is 27% with stakes horses off a layoff of 175 days days or more. So if anybody can get this horse ready off of a six-month layoff, it's Todd Fletcher. Major General won the Iroquois at a mile and 16th grade three event, very similar to the Tampa Bay Derby Specs. Um, at Churchill Downs. That was his second race as a, as a two-year-old. It was a really gritty performance. If you watch the replay of the race, he went and got the pace setters, and then he held off the closers. And so it was a really gritty, impressive performance. And another stat about this horse, if you're into trends, the last four winners of the Tampa Bay Derby were all making their three-year-old debut. Wow. So there's an angle there. I'm not going to pick the horse, but I will say this. Todd Fletcher has had a horse in the superfecta of the Tampa Bay Derby the past 12 years. So you got to put this horse somewhere on your ticket. Yeah, 12-horse field and major general. You know, it's it's one of those typical uh, winter, springtime, three-year-old stakes that are big fields, and connections have so many reasons to be optimistic, including major general, shipsational, and classic causeway, the three horses that Eric has mentioned. So... Uh, how about a top selection for that race? I'm going to go out on a limb on this one. I'm not a long shot player, you know, usually, but I'm going to give you a long shot in this race. I'm going to go with the number 10 Belgrade. This horse 
was sold for $700,000 at the Keeneland January sale. He's a mm. son of Hardspun. Hardspun came in second, the 2007 Kentucky Derby behind Street Sense. Grand Motion sends this one out. This horse is two for two. He's only raced as a three-year-old, but he's two for two. He broke his maiden at Tampa at six furlongs, and then he won an optional claiming $75,000 race at Tampa. Both of those races, he was an odds-on favorite. So the public really liked the horse. When he broke his maiden, he was three to five. And when he won the optional claiming event, he was one to two. He's got that stalking style, which I think is going to win this race. I think Classic Causeway gets out to the lead, and maybe and maybe he tires a bit in the stretch going over the slop. Maybe this horse can catch him at a big price. He's 12 to 1 on the morning line, but the main reason I'm picking this horse, Joe, is because I'm just trying to follow a pattern. Over the past four years, you've had, you've had bombs in the Tampa Bay Derby. Last year, Helium shipped in. For Mark, Mark Cassie out of Woodbine, the horse paid thirty dollars to win off a two dollar win mutual. The year before that, you got King Guillermo. That horse paid a hundred dollars mm. for a two dollar win mutual. The Tampa Bay Derby is such an unpredictable and very difficult race, and I, I just prefer to go with a price over a three to five shot. I'm going to give you Belgrade because there's just something tipping in my kind of in my gut. This horse costs almost three quarters of a million dollars. He's got to be able to run. Yeah, well, he's undefeated. He's two for two. He's won over the course and certainly bred for two-turn racing. This will be his first two-turn try. Belgrade for Eric on Saturday at Tampa. Eric, uh, is there another horse on the card maybe that you might have looked at? I just do want to make a quick comment before I talk about the challenger stakes if I can. Okay. I just think it's going to be interesting to see how command performance runs for uh, Fletcher. That horse was second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and he's running in a maiden race. I believe it's the fifth race at Tampa. He caught a really weak field. That horse is going to be like one to nine. But he's, I think, one of those horses, Todd Fletcher, is, is aiming for the first Saturday in May. So keep an eye on the horse. You're not going to bet the race. He's going to go off at one to five, one to nine. But command performance in the fifth, it's a maiden race just to see how he runs. But the other stakes race... Um, I want to talk about because the Hillsborough, the Florida Oaks, and the Columbia, those are all stakes races at Tampa on Saturday. But because it's going to rain, we don't know how those races are going to come out. I think a lot of those horses in there may scratch, so I didn't want to talk about those races too much. But a race that I think is really interesting from a fan perspective, maybe not so much as a betting perspective, is the Challenger Stakes. That's race number eight. It's a great three event, mile on the 16th. You got two prominent three-year-olds from 2021 making their four-year-old debut, and they're both coming off significant layoffs. Number three is Greatest Honor. I think any horse player recognizes this name from uh, last year, 2021. I thought this horse was going to be my derby horse last year. He won the Holy Bull. He won the Fountain of Youth, and then he came in third in the Florida Derby, and he hurt himself in that race, and he was off the derby trail. Funny thing, he's going to be matched up. The other uh, morning line favorite in that race is going to be Dynamic One, a Union Rags Colt, another horse who was on the in the Triple Crown mix last year. This is a horse, if you remember, he was second by a head in the Wood Memorial to uh, Burbonic, who blew up the tote board. Mm. I think he was 72 to 1. But then Dynamic One ended up running 18th in the Derby, beating 32 lengths. He then shipped into Saratoga, won a non-graded stakes race, but then he finished seventh by 21 lengths in the Travers. The morning line maker has got this horse as the favorite at five to two and greatest honor at three to one. I really don't understand that morning line. I kind of disagree with it a little bit. Not a big fan of dynamic one. I really like greatest honor in this spot. 
And another uh, angle on greatest honor, you got first time LASIK. And the other thing is, this horse, this race is really intriguing too because you got the Ortiz brothers going at it. Jose is going to ride greatest honor and Irad is going to uh, ride dynamic one. So a little bit of sibling rivalry going on there. I think it's going to be a really good race from a fan point of view just to see if greatest honor can kind of regain that form that pinned him as a top Kentucky Derby choice last spring. So I'm just anxious to see greatest honor run. Yeah, he's uh, he was a really good horse this time last year. We'll see if he can take the challenger at Tampa on Saturday. Tampa Derby Day, lots of big stakes. And, of course, you can catch all the action right here at Emerald Downs. Eric Floyd joining us. Eric, thanks so much for uh, your expertise in handicapping and uh, really nice thing you're doing there. Uh, with your book, uh, Heaven's Premier Horse Race, available at Amazon, uh, benefiting those uh, gals that are working hard to uh, get a vocation and get going in, uh, when they have the opportunity and to uh, benefit the horses as well that they take care of. So, uh, hey, good luck Saturday. Uh, we'll be watching the whole uh, country. will be watching the Tampa Derby this weekend. And thanks for uh, joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. Yeah, it'll be a wet one, but we'll get through it. Yeah. Really a pleasure. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, best of luck this weekend, however you play it. Thanks, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Talk to you down the line. You Eric, got it, brother. Take care, man. Eric Floyd joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. And, uh, yeah, so he's going to go out there with Belgrade a little bit. We'll talk a little bit more about that race in a moment. Let's see. We've got a few things left to do. Uh, we're going to skip that uh, fantastically popular movie line segment this what do you what the pps you got in front of you there well that was going to be my sport short okay very today. good yeah okay so uh uh sport short let's go to it right now i'll go first uh baseball was just announced today that baseball is going to have a 162 game season and that started in the early 60s and uh, my sport chart started uh happened in 1966 in baseball which I really followed closely, as I know you did, uh, mm -hmm. you know, really before I started working at uh, in thoroughbred racing. Um, I looked at those box scores, and a thing that really stood out, and it still is a record, the only pitcher to hit two Grand Slam home runs in one game. I know you know you knew this answer. I did. You want me to say it? Yeah, sure. Wasn't it Tony Cloninger? Tony Cloninger of the then Milwaukee Braves. They hadn't moved to Atlanta yet. I don't think in '66 had they. Uh, yes, right they around had. there. No, they okay. were. They were in. They were in Atlanta by then. Okay, '66. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was an Atlanta Brave, and he had nine RBIs. A pitcher hit two grand slams. He remains the only pitcher to hit two grand slam home runs in one wow. game. That's a you know decent trivia question when you're throwing them out there. How about your sport short? Well, my sport short, I went to a uh, racing this time, and I, I wanted to talk about one of the more interesting horses in Washington racing history. You know this horse well, Joe, and he's part of a trivia question you probably had before. Pickle them all. Mm -hmm. First career start was way back on, what was it here? 19 September 1990, excuse me, at Long Acres, and he won at 19 to 1. Just like Gold Rush Dancer popped in his first career start, so did uh, uh, Pick of the Mall. Now, what is, uh, besides being a great horse, he won 24 of 92 career starts, mm. $320,000 by Drewy out of Picadora. Pretty good running line there on the bottom. Um, he won at all the Northwest racetracks. Yep. He won at Long Acres, Playfair, Yakima Meadows, 
Exhibition Park and da da Emerald Downs in uh, June twentieth, nineteen ninety six. That was opening day, right? And he won uh, race seven that day under Pedro Alvarado. Um, another thing I remember about Pick of the Mall, he in nineteen ninety one he won. Well, he finished first in the uh, the Tacoma handicap, but got DQ'd at twelve to one. And import it got up, and guess who had to get jockey quotes from Chris Lamance after the uh, horse was taken <laughs> yeah, down? Yeah, you were doing it that year. Yours truly, yeah, and it was not a happy moment for me or for Chris Lamance. I kind of caught it there. He, let's just say, he didn't agree with the steward's decision there. It was one of those borderline calls that could have gone either way. Um, but yeah, uh, pick of them all. I love horses like that that just run hard and run everywhere. They run well and towards the latter half of his career was claimed like seven or eight times too and still you know was hitting at the sixteen twenty thousand dollar claiming level just a fine fine horse did you mention his career earnings i didn't three hundred twenty thousand yeah, fantastic he's in the top hundred yeah he had he had a fine career but just think of that winning at uh all five exactly well tracks. we were ready for it was uh pick of them all lj express military hawk or mm-hmm. native rustler had won at Long Acres, Playfair, and Yakima right. in Washington. Right. And then Pick of Them All ran on our first ever opening day and won. So he was the first to do it. The uh, I know uh, uh, LJ Express and Military Hawk uh, also won at Emerald Downs to complete it. But you had uh, Exhibition Park as well. Yeah, too. he won his stakes up there. Yeah. And he was one of those horses when you're a handicapman, if he's in the race, you had to take a long look at him. Even if he got beat, he was going to factor in there somewhere. You know, he was a he was a hard hitter. As the late Mike Noyes had him when he was young. Yeah, Mike was a fine trainer, as you know very well, Joe. And he, boy, this horse was precocious. You know, uh, that's often a horse that wins their. You know, you look back on a good career horse. A lot of times they won that debut. They just mm. were kind of naturals, right? They just understood yeah. the, the whole yeah, object. That's 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 definitely something. Okay, sport shorts. Pick of them all and Tony Cloninger picks. We didn't do well on our last podcast. No. But, you know, Not I'm going me. back to the Tampa Derby. And, but uh, you had a, what was it, a $60 winner a couple back. So you you can give out okay. another 28 well, I'm, losers. I'm, and still be and, you know, maybe I will this week. I'm going to go with Giant Game. You've heard me speak of this horse before. He had a nice progression as a two-year-old. All the way to the Breeders' Cup Juvenile at Del Mar. He ran third behind Corniche and Papa Cap. And it made a wide trip, uh, hung a little bit late. So he finally made his three-year-old start on February 5th in the Holy Bull, and he was laying perfectly there. In fact, I think Louis Saez told the trainer, Dale Romans, that, you know, I was ready to just go buy those horses and win. But he uh, came up with one of those displaced pallets. He had the minor surgery, had some nice works coming back, was entered in last week's Fountain of Youth. They scratched him, which okay, I thought, okay, giant game. He's got his issues. He's probably off the Derby trail, which he he well may not make the Kentucky Derby, but he is in the Tampa Derby tomorrow at 10 to 1 morning line. And, uh, you know, you toss that last race, uh, there's just no reason not to be optimistic about Giant Game. Joe Talamo's on him, who did ride him as a two-year-old. So Giant Game number five in the Tampa Bay Derby on Saturday will be my pick. Okay, I like it. I'll go to um, Aqueduct Okay, on Saturday, race nine. That's their finale. Maiden Claimers, which I always find uh, interesting. Um, this is for state bred, maiden three-year-olds and up, 
Pulled in the state of New York. You get some good angles on these type of races. I Keep do. Going. This is a six and a half furlong. It's a maiden 40 for, as I said, New York breads. Uh, on number three, Haymack, it's Jack. Eight to one on the morning line. The angle here is this is second off uh, the layoff. And the horse uh, led into the stretch in a maiden special, state bred maiden special on 4th of February. And it's comebacker. So now drops into the maiden 40 ranks and it looks like the might be the controlling speed. And at eight to one, you sure. know, uh, after the tightener under its belt where it did show speed, um, I think it has a chance to go all the way. I didn't know a lot about this trainer, Carrie Brion, B-R-I-O-N. So I did a little research on her and she is the leading uh, steeplechase trainer in the country. Hmm. Uh, but she also trains... Uh, some thoroughbreds, and this one will be ridden by J.A. Vargas Jr., who rode in the comeback. The winner of that race has already come back to win, hmm. so we shall see. I That's think good. at eight to one, it's worth a flyer. Hey, Mac, it's Jack. Okay, hey, who's the sire? Loban. Or Loban. Okay, sure. Lay out of a, out of a good mare named Typhoon Terry, whose only other foal was seven for eighteen for a quarter million dollars. More good data. Okay. Yeah. That's on Saturday. Saturday. All right, at Aqueduct. All right, there is our picks and trivia. Our last trivia question. Nobody got this answer. It wasn't too easy, really. It's not one of those where you can just go to Equibase and make a few clicks. Since Emerald Downs opened, which year produced the most $100,000 horse earners? Most 100K horse earners in one season. And actually, this is in state history as well. And it is since 1996. Covers both of them. So no one did get the answer. Had a couple of guesses. Uh, the answer is 2000, the year 2000. There were 14 100K Washington bred earners that year. A real impressive number, including five Emerald Down Stakes winners, including mile winner Ed that's, Nader. That's a real big number. Yeah, Fleet Pacific, Maker's Mark, Enduring Night. The leader was Rings of Chime, who won 526,000 that mm -hmm. year, winning the grade one Ashland. She still holds the record, that 526 for top single season Washington bread earnings, but 14 100K earners in the year was 2000. Our new trivia question, send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Name the most recent Long Acres mile. Which year? Most recent Long Acres mile in which the winning horse made his first two-turn start. So no two-turn tries at all. And the horse entered the mile and won it. What's the most recent time that happened? That's lifetime, right? No two-turn yeah. starts lifetime. Exactly. Yeah. Lifetime. No two-turn. You know, we almost had one last year. We did. I know it. The horse we talked Wind about ribbon. earlier today. Yeah. Sure. So, okay. Well, that's our trivia question. And that's our show. Thanks to John Parker and Eric Floyd. Thanks for watching video-wise and audio-wise. Cy Labar, producer, editor. Uh, make it happen. Cy. And, uh... We'll catch you next time, or maybe at the quarter shoot. Thanks for watching and listening to Horse Racing Northwest.